are continuing the Holy Ghost Convention because Jesus Christ, when he was going, we all have seen in the scriptures and we agree that Jesus said, when I go, the Comforter will come. And we looked in the convention at the book of Acts, you know, chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, and we read in the sermon of Peter, first sermon of this present age Pentecostal church, or not Pentecostal church, but the global church, that in the first sermon, Peter cited the book, the prophecy of Joel. He says this is to fulfill what God said through Joel. And so we recognize now that looking at that during our convention and looking at what Jesus said, that when I go, he said, I have many things to say to you now that you can bear. But when I go, I will send you the comforter. And the comforter will, he will, you know, lead you, guide you to the truth. He will teach you all things. And I told you something about Christians. Many Christians do not understand the Holy Spirit. And because of that, many Christians are not able to manifest the gifts of, and the power of God. So during the convention, I taught you about the entrance into the power of God. The entrance into the power of God. Remember, the entrance into the power of God is the love for Christ, isn't it? Come on now, let's speak together so I will refresh our memory. It's love for Jesus because Jesus said it in John 14, 21. Whoever has my command and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Yes? Then it says, he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And then it says, and I too will love him and show myself to him. I was saying in a New Cross just before I came now that I want every one of you to see Jesus while you are still alive. If you are a Christian, it is your right to see Jesus. But you must know this so that you can seek after it and he will see you. But there's a condition to it, you know. Some of us live some lives that we were told to live. And some of us live some lives that we think we should live. But Jesus said, no, you should live the life that he commanded you to live. And that's what makes difference. Where if you say you are a Christian, you know, I'm talking now to the global world, and you go to church, it will be strange for you not to manifest what Jesus said. Isn't it? It's like somebody who said that, so I'm a lawyer, I've been to law school, and ordinary affidavit he cannot fill. So as we're asking help from those who are not lawyers, what is the meaning of affidavit? How is it constructed? But he is a qualified lawyer. So it means that his qualification is questionable. You, as children of God, Jesus said he will reveal himself. He will show, I will show myself. And then, in John fourteen twenty-three, he says, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. So for the first of God, commands and now he's teaching he says he will obey my teaching my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him that is interesting 
I think if, if there's anything Christians should be looking for, it's just checking your love life. Do you obey his commands? Do you know even his teachings? Talk less obeying them. So you may know the story of Abraham, of Noah, of Elijah, Elisha, of Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and all these stories. But if you don't know what Jesus taught, you are, you are yet to be a real Christian. Because I think it's in the book of John chapter 8 from verse 30. Let's look at that very quickly. That just flashed my mind now. Shall we just look at it quick, please? Uh, uh, chapter 8, verse 31. Look at 31. Shall we read this together, please? To the Jews. Excuse me. How many disciples of Jesus are here? Then hold to his teaching. That is what proves that you are here. His disciple. Are we in agreement? Come on now, are we in agreement? You know, let me say this to you. To the last drop of your blood, you must manifest the Bible. Are we together? This morning, I want to teach you about anointing. I want to teach you about anointing. You see, we have had enough of people claiming to be Christians, but they have no manifestation to show. The days of that is over. It's over. In the church of God, is over. Hallelujah. You cannot say you are a doctor and you have never heard of syringe. Isn't it? Or see, when they say, someone says that I have blood pressure, you give them aspirin. Someone says I have fever, you give them aspirin. Someone says I'm having headache, you give them aspirin. Because you are aspirin doctor. Hallelujah. This scripture says, to the Jews who have believed in him, not to those who will believe. They already have believed in him. He said to them, if you hold to my teaching, you are what? Really? So there is counterfeit disciples from that statement. Are we in agreement together? But there are real disciples. I want you who listen to me on earth to be real disciples. Am I talking to you? Come on and look at me and let's talk together. You can bring out your notes for the Holy Ghost Convention because I'm diving much into it today. Before you can understand anointing, you must understand what I've taught you. The entrance into the power of God. And I've shown you here how, you know, if you do that, you will enter into the power which is the realm of manifestation. And I taught you about operating in the power of God. But are many people in church, they cannot operate the power. Some don't even know about it. They hear about it. They don't know because when you know about it, you cannot uh, enter into it. Am I saying this? Some do not know how to operate. They go to mountain fast for days and stuff without food and water, and they come back empty. Even they come back worse. No manifestation. Is our God such that... Ask and fast, and he will not answer. No. No. It is because they are using aspirin for all disease. Eh? <laughs> Arthritis, aspirin. High blood pressure, aspirin. Diabetes, aspirin. Everything is that. <clears throat> and you are a doctor. Am I talking to you? So, this scripture now tells us for that. And then... Shall we read this together?
So from where do you know the truth? The teachings of Jesus. Isn't it? Yeah. So, I've told you since the Holy Ghost Convention, go and read about Jesus Christ. Read the Gospel. Read it again and again. Okay. And I told you to do an extra for yourself. Anything you are doing that is contrary to what Jesus said, please, drop it. Drop it. I just spoke to them in New Cross, you know. Jesus said, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of my Father. But those who do the will of my Father, not those who do their will. And not those who do the will of people said. People who discover the will of the Father themselves and do it. And you can only discover the will of the Father in the commands of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. It's so simple. And the book about Jesus is so, it's so small. It's so small. Many of you have read so many books, novels, empty books. But the book of knowledge, which is the book that reveals Jesus, is the manual for living. It would be very strange for a Christian not to know it. After becoming graduates in every stuff. Very, very strange. I want you in this house to be a practical Christian. Because not everyone who comes to church enter heaven. Let me tell you this. Not everyone who comes to church enter heaven. But those who come to church do enter heaven. Because the church is meant to be a training ground for those who are going to heaven. People who have been enlisted to reign with Christ. They go to church so that they can be educated and they can grow in their spiritual journey. That's why for church. Church is not just a place to come and, you know, uh, have friends and look for husband or wife. That's not it. No, no. Now, let me show you some, some of the... We are going through these on the, the, the scriptures I'm going to be reading to you today. We just interpret themselves. So then you will know the truth. You will know the truth only in the command of Jesus, in the teachings of Jesus. And the truth what? Will set you free. So it means that anybody who does not know the teachings of Jesus is bound. He's not talking about demon now. He's talking about it's an ignoramus. He's talking about he has no knowledge. He's talking about he is naive. In other words, he cannot operate many benefits that God had made available to him. This principle is academic. As you can apply it to God, you can apply it to learning, business, and anything. You dive into a business that you don't know, you only waste your money. And the money will soon vanish. So is Christ. And let me help you see this too. So what Jesus is saying, for you and I to obey his command and teaching, it is because we love him. That's the only way we show that we love Jesus. Not, you know, our rigor, tears and stuff. Then you enter into the power of God. To manifest the power of God, I taught you, is faith. It's faith. To manifest the power of God, we spend quite a time to look at money, you know, operating the power of God, operating the power of God. Entrance in the power of God, operating the power of God, then manifestation of the, of the power of God. Those are the three things before we look into worship, praise and worship. Now, to operate the power of God, you need faith, isn't it? Hebrew 11, 6. Faith. Jesus said in the book of John 14, 12. If we read that together, please. 
that is operating the power of God, what does he say? Yes? And then let's read the next verse. whatever you ask and in whose name do you ask so in another word you are saying that any appeal made to me I grant that's another word for it are we together are we not fortunate that we have someone who has the power to do all things who there is nothing difficult for him to do the one who if he does not approve any action on earth, it cannot be carried out. And he said to us, Look, whatever you ask in my name, you just ask it and I'll do it. You just ask it and I'll do it. However, he said, Your faith is needed to operate this power in me. You will do all what I've been doing and greater works shall you do. Said, Come on. For your comfort, I put my life on the stake for you. And I make an oath. My oath is, ask anything. He didn't say some things. <clears throat> I will talk about anointing today. And I want you to write down what I'm going to teach. Keep this in your mind. We'll soon come back to it. Look at things that you will have asked, that you haven't asked. And look at some of you can question that. But I've been asking for this. I didn't get it. You know that is faith. Isn't it? The level of your faith determines the level of what you get. Which means the level of your faith determines the level of power of God that can work in you. And what is faith therefore? Chapter 11, Hebrew, verse 6. Because some people have used faith just into getting wealth from God, getting miracles from God. No, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the faith that can put you in the place to work miracle, not receiving miracle, but you work in the miracle. The faith that can put you into a position where you be a distributor of wealth, not getting employment and they are blessing you. But you will create wealth and employment for many lives. I'm talking about the faith that can help you that when you go into a particular industry, it's a matter of time you get to the top of that industry so that you will be the decision maker rather than some other people deciding for you. That faith I'm talking about, and I want to listen very attentively to that faith as the scripture says. Let's read that scripture together, 11.6. Shall we? And without faith... Stop. If the scripture says without faith it's impossible to please God. And Jesus said that if you obey my teaching, my father and I will come and make our home with you. And if you obey my teaching, that means you love me. Now, you will agree with me that somebody that God will come and stay with because, because he pleased God. Isn't it? So, a man who disobeys the teachings of Jesus... And the command of Jesus cannot have this faith. 
your lifestyle negate the faith. In Christianity, you can't do what you think. I mean, the Christianity that takes you to heaven, I'm talking about. You can do what you think. Because you lost yourself when you gave yourself to Jesus. He now tells you what to do. He now commands you what to do. And in Christianity, this Christianity I'm talking about, you, you, are not, you don't have option of arguing with what he said. Though he reasons with you, because he's God. God reasoning with man does not bring God low, lower from his realm to man. It only takes man from his lower realm to God's realm so that you can understand together. I tell you, heaven is beautiful. More beautiful than anything you have ever seen. I tell you, the kingdom of God is so full of power. More powerful. Than any power that you might encounter on earth. And it is a beautiful thing to be in the kingdom. And also to belong to the kingdom. Faith that pleases God. Is a faith that comes from a heart that loves God. A heart that loves God is a heart that obeys his command. And obeys his teaching. Excuse me. You can't ever say you love God if you don't do that. Hallelujah. You see what he says here? He says, without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists, which all Christians do. Anyone who comes to church came to church because he believed there is a God in that church. I want to go and look for that God. Even when he didn't come here. I've encountered a lot of idol worshippers in my meeting. They came because they heard that God is doing something. But they came to test that power of the God with the power of the God they have. And when they come and they tested it, the power of the God that we are speaking about overpowers the power of their God. Even, it doesn't even contest. What God does in such contests is that God don't show up. He allows you to show up. He allows you to deal with the God that they serve. And you as a man will finish that God and render the power useless. And then the person will say, ah, if you can do this, I wonder what your God can do. And that is what brought salvation to many people. Nobody comes to the church of God without wanting to see the God in the church. Either they come because they want to accept Him or because they come they want to test Him. So, you have the basic faith, which is to believe that God is. But the faith that pleases God does not stop there. It goes beyond Jesus said, seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and... So the kingdom of God cannot be divided from righteous living. If you seek the kingdom, there are many Christians who seek the kingdom. You see them all over looking for miracle. <clears throat> looking for miracle. And if God just have mercy, give them miracle. But they cannot get the kingdom. Because the kingdom does not come in isolation of righteousness. The kingdom really is called righteous kingdom. It's impossible for a person to belong to the kingdom without living a righteous life. You are either in or out. And if you are out, don't die. Because there's no space for you in heaven. He says, seek the kingdom and his righteousness. The righteousness in the kingdom. Then the promise said, all other things. So if you are a Christian, you are struggling with other things. Check yourself whether you are in the kingdom and whether you are living 
a righteous life. Are we together now? So you need to get this right before I talk about anointing. I love this scripture. It says, All other things we added. And then it says, Go, 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 seek the kingdom. Go back to your Hebrew. And without, thank you. Without faith, it's important to praise God because anyone who believes, who comes to Him, must believe that God exists and is a rewarder, or He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And the word earnestly seeking, we need to isolate that from activities of seeking God. Because when the Bible says somebody earnestly seeks something, you can tell me. Those of you who went to university, when you are in university and you are seeking first class, you know what it costs you? You know, you think about it all the time. If you don't get it, you will fall a little bit below it. But you will never in one day of your course forget that that's what you are seeking. Isn't it? Come on now. Am I talking to you? Because if you forget one day that you are seeking that, you will have fallen short of what you are seeking. So is God. How long do you think about Him? Do you carry Him along in all your life pursuits and living? That's the business of it. Your thoughts, Rem. And then the activity of seeking God, which is prayer. You know, we have prayer in this church for 1,000-something days, 200-something days. And you could have members of this church who, who did not come, who, who would not come to the prayer. And you have people from all over the world joining the prayer, and they are getting blessed. And can you imagine, somebody says, I'm a member of CFT, and you don't come to the prayer. And you heard that they are doing one kangaroo prayer somewhere, you went to join it. How much I can see you. You live where God is speaking, where God speaks to you, where God educates your mind, where God gives prophecies. You didn't come. And then you went to, oh, somebody is having one prayer there, only for someone to be praying over, you know, saying words over your life, saying words over your life, and saying things that they are praying. No learning from God. No Holy Spirit speaking. You go empty, you come empty. Can you imagine that? And yet you claim to be in this church. Something is wrong with your claim. Am I talking to you? While you were going marooned about the place, people are advancing in knowledge of God and in the power of God. Someone who will carry anointing, it would be very strange for him to be looking for anointing somewhere else. We'll get there shortly. So he says... Honest seeking God. I think the word honest, without looking into dictionary, also connotes sincerity. Purely. If you are honest, truthful to yourself in the course that you are adventuring. And this is the faith that operates the power. Dead will be raised, people will be healed, prophecy you can give. Tongues you can speak, wisdom of God you can operate, knowledge of the Spirit you can operate, you can understand things that happen to people without being told. You can understand your own life, your future, the life of kids and your future with you. You can understand the end of the matter before the beginning of the matter. That is the spirit of earnestness to God. And that's faith. You know, something I don't like 
is some people who say that I've, tr- I've tried God, it didn't work. You just know that they've tried their, themselves, not God. They didn't even know the address of God. That's why they make such claim. Because you don't try God. No. You serve Him. And it works for you. It's a misstatement. Maybe if I be a little more correct, negligent misstatement for a person to say that. I try God. You are consciously or unconsciously misleading some other people. Giving information that has no basis. And so probably built on falsehoods. Because you don't even know God. The command talk of try God. Because those who know Him don't try Him. They serve Him. And those who serve Him will tell you how good He is. Some of you have the testimonies. How good He is. Even when you want to take a decision that is not right. At the last minute He will block it. Say, oh Lord, why did you do this? Why did God not let it go through? Then it will visit you and open your eyes to see. If it has gone through, look at these problems you will have faced and these dangers. Oh God, thank you. That's the God we serve. If you don't have relationship of such with God, and you are hearing me, you have a journey. You have a journey. Now, let me help you this. We talk about manifestation of the Spirit of God during the convention. What is the manifestation? Well, First Corinthians chapter, 11, chapter 12, verse 4, is the one that begins. The Spirit, there are different kinds of gifts for the Spirit. <laughs> Entrance to the power, manif- uh, operating the power, and the manifestations of the Spirit. So we look at that, it says, different kinds of spirit of gifts, but the same Spirit. So Holy Spirit have many gifts for you, because you have accepted Jesus. And look at verse 7, it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for common good. So there are some good you cannot do in life. Unless Holy Ghost manifests a gift among the nine in you. Let me give you an example. You have the gift of word of knowledge. It's the force it was spoke about. The gift of word of knowledge will make you know something that you are not informed about. Not only in the spiritual, in your academic field, in your work, in your business. All right. Some may call that innovation, but it's beyond innovation. It transcends innovation because this is not something that is uh, new. This is something that is existing somewhere, but you are not privy to it, and by word of knowledge you access it. And when you speak it out, somebody will get up and is the person. And when God reveals like sickness by word of knowledge, say you are healed, the person will be healed instantly. Because the spirit that reveals will heal. There is a testimony of a woman. I will not stop talking about the woman. There are several testimonies on her prayer line. She has 72 cancer lobes in her. She does not attend CFT. She lives far away from us. And when she joined the prayer line, she, she had been diagnosed in the hospital. And the, the doctors have spoken about, you know, their regrets and stuff like that, which is real. They showed her on the x-ray that, look at this, look at that. And they said, okay, she will come for chemo. They really, I think they wanted to operate her also 
say what they can do on that, and then she would go on chemo. Whatever the case may be, she was feeling tired all over the body. All the symptoms of acute cancer was with him. And she said, she heard about the prayer line, and she said, let me join the prayer line. The moment she switched it on, she was sitting with her husband, the Holy Spirit manifested upon me and said, there is somebody who has been diagnosed of cancer. You are healed in the name of Jesus. When I said you are healed in the name of Jesus, she testified. What happened to her was from the crown of her head, she just started feeling sweat, sweaty. And she was pouring out sweat, vibrating and shaking. And the husband said, and she said, I am healed, I am healed. The husband said, yes, yes, look at you are sweating. At the end of the day, two weeks time they went for the operation. And when they got there, the doctor said, I will take your scan again before we now do what we do. And when they took the scan, they said, what happened to you? 17 lobes in your body had vanished, but we can see two. It looks like shadow. They looked at the new scan against the old scan and said, but this is not possible. 70 loves have done. Okay, permit us to open you up and check that's those spots that they have the shadows. When they opened her up, they didn't find cancer. They closed her back and told her when she came, to, came back. They said, we can't find cancer. We are sorry for opening you up. That's their statement. They said, it is joint of muscles we saw. The two remaining. But the 70, we don't know what happened. She now said to them that, I joined the prayer line, and as I switched on, the minister said, you who have been diagnosed with cancer, you are healed. And this is the experience I had. I was sweating, shaking, vibrating, and I knew that the Lord has healed me. The doctors in her own case will just have to be quiet and be educated because they don't have anything to say about it. But what they said is that we know that you had cancer, but we know now that you don't have it anymore. Word of knowledge, the Spirit of God. You see, word of wisdom and knowledge also, you know, when God gives that, when the Holy Ghost gives that to you, it will extend to your academic knowledge, intellectual knowledge, intellectual reasoning, and problem solving. You see, I'm saying this thing to you because some of us don't understand that we, we do all manners of work add to nothing. If if Holy Spirit can do all these things, come on. If if you were me and I was you, what would we have done? Just to fall in love with the Holy Spirit, fall in love with Jesus. Just follow simple instruction and see what the Holy Spirit will do. Isn't it? And I said to you, what are the gifts you should expect? You should really want in the in the nine gift. For me, all the nine. Because it's to profit other people. And I want to be a prophet to everybody I meet. If you are sick, I want to be a prophet to you for healing. If you are confused, I want to be a prophet for you for direction. If uh, somebody is arguing about Jesus, I want to be a prophet to tell him a little bit about his life. And he says, are you a psychic? No, I'm not psychic, I'm Godic. You know? So wherever the Holy Spirit wants to do, I just want to be there. That should be your desire. Say amen. amen. But however, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians says there are two gifts 
that's all the Christians should look for. Prophecy and tongues. Not love. Love is not a gift. Prophecy and tongues in chapter 14, chapter 13 is about love. You see that love in chapter 13, many people also miss that chapter 13, love. The love mentioned in 13, no man can fall in that love except those who truly love Jesus. Chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, go and check it. You know, nobody can operate that love except those who truly It is in loving Jesus and demonstrating it that people see that love out of it. Love is virtue. It's not what you practice. It's what is endowed upon man. You know? And you can't reach it unless in Christ. Nevertheless, however, I'm talking about the gift, prophecy, and tongues and interpretation. Because when you speak in tongues and you interpret, there's prophecy. You know, three days ago, uh, on Wednesday, those of you who are in the prayer line, you remember that I picked up some things when we finished praying. I began to pray in tongues and interpret it, pray in tongues and interpret it. And I began to pray about conditions that face people. Go and look at it. And then I said that I come against assignment of death. And again on Thursday, as I was praying to you, I picked it up again that there is death somewhere. I rebuke you, death, in the name of Jesus. Pray for those who, are, who have been, uh, you know, uh, you know um, diagnosed of some deadly sickness and stuff like that. Those things are manifestation of the Spirit of God. If you were in the Nigeria praise yesterday, you will have picked something up that when I come to the pulpit and I started praying, my language was coded. It was totally prophetic. Because God said that it would move in prophetic during the Nigerian praise. If you go and check the video again, when I prayed, I was praying before I started preaching, and I began to say some strange English. Manifestation of the Holy Spirit upon you. He will change the whole of your paradigm. What you are, who you are. He will make you a blessing to other people. That's what the manifestation does. It does not glorify you. It glorifies the Son of God. That is His job. By manifesting in you something transcendent. Something that someone cannot just say, I'm going to earn it. That's the reason some people go to fast. They don't get it. They don't get it. It's like washing the outside of the cup when the inside is dirty. Are we talking? There are some attitudes that we are born with that have no place in the kingdom. Let me say this because my time is really gone. There are three principles of love. I taught you this. I haven't looked at all the exegesis about love and I said to you, Anywhere you see love, there are three things that constitute it. One, cooperation. Two, collaboration. And three, transparency. Hello. How can someone deceive a person whose eyes are translucent? Meaning, whether you are in darkness or light, he sees you the same way. <laughs> Hello? Whether you are in a room 
covered with walls and iron, you are as if you are in his front. Because all those barricades, his, his vision is translucent. He can't, those barricades don't obstruct his vision. So, what you do in the church, he sees. What you do out of the church, he sees. When you are in the church and they are speaking and you are thinking, he's receiving your thoughts. When you leave the church and you are thinking, he's seeing your thoughts. This is the God we serve. When you lie, he's seeing your thoughts. When you tell the truth, he's seeing your thoughts. And strangely and most strange, all those things he sees are reported about. So that you and I cannot get before him and say that, you know, I, 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 I think, Lord, I didn't say that. No, you will play your tape yourself. Because he sees them and recalls them in your spirit. So that the day of reckoning, when we stand before him, he does not need to speak. You will speak those things again. Because the presence of who you cannot lie. You will begin to say those things you did, those things you thought, in every time. Nobody can cover your mouth because your voice will penetrate anything that will cover it. This is the God we are serving. Does it need not to be feared? So, we, we need therefore to be transparent to God. Because if you are not transparent to Him, He said, By me, every knee must bow. That's what He said. Not me bow. People will beg for mercy. Because you will know what you did. Or what you, you, you are not transparent. You will see it there. Your knees will be crackling if that is you. We are asked. Those who have served Him according to His word will walk shoulder tall. A neck tall or shoulder high, whatever you call it. Why his smile will radiate to them while they are walking towards his presence. He cannot wait to receive them. With two arms he will say, you are welcome my son, my daughter. It's only to those ones that their sins shall remember no more. Hello somebody. I want to get there. How about you? So it is in this world we start the walk. Anything in your life that you know can hinder you from walking with God. Some of us, we didn't have a good parental upbringing. Of course, you can't blame your parents for misbehaving. They did what they did by virtue of what they knew. But you know better. You should do better. If you are parents, you are liars. There are some parents that they are liars. From the child when he's young, somebody will knock, they will tell him, go and tell them I'm not in. That is teaching the child to become a professional liar. You know, pick the telephone and, you know, <laughs> so that the person talking there will know they are hearing. That's a professional liar. Excuse me, somebody. Huh? I love you, whereas they didn't love in their heart. Professional liar. Eh? And the Bible says, like practitioners have their place in the lake of fire that's burning with sulfur. And that is a tragedy. Am I talking to you? I, I warned the bishop one day he lied. I said, why did you lie? He said, Abraham also lied. Didn't you read this in the Bible? I said, bishop... 
my own Abraham did not lie. He said, she's my sister because she was afraid that he could be killed in that godless city. But in actual fact, she's the sister. I said, so what is the basis of your own life, Bishop? <laughs> Excuse me. Come on. Let me teach you the way into God. So if you can enter into the realm of power, operate the power, and Holy Ghost can manifest in you, now anointing. And I will stop. I have removed my wristwatch so that I won't be looking at it. You see now. Remember that wristwatch when I was talking? As I shouted, the wristwatch called emergency. <laughs> During my service, stop. He didn't stop. I had to remove it from my hand. And he was asking me, are you all right? Are you okay? Your world is becoming another thing. <laughs> Whether they call that AI or IA, who knows? They may lambast with any name or rise and I'm good. Now, for the next five minutes, let me just talk to you about anointing. What is anointing and why anointing? Write this down. God anointed Jesus. Jesus anointed me. Holy Ghost empowers me. That is my nursery rhyme. Say after me, God anointed Jesus. I uh, speak loud. God anointed Jesus. Jesus anointed me. Holy Ghost empowers me. With this, no devil can mess up with you. Am I talking? Now, watch this. What is anointing there for? This is my own inference or my, my, my conclusion. Anointing is the enablement from God to manifest the power of God or to manifest destiny. That's what God destined for you. You need anointing to manifest. You need anointing to manifest the power. So then what is the power really? Write this down. What is power? In application to those who are born again. Power is the enablement to exercise authority or grace. That is power. When you are given an authority, embedded in the authority is the power to exercise that authority. I told you sometime in the last week that there is a major difference between power and authority. That's why Jesus said, I give you authority over all the powers of the enemy. Luke chapter um, 10 from verse 18. Now, let's look at authority very briefly. The first thing about authority that I discovered is that authority arises by virtue of your position. A director of the company, because a man was called director and authority is given. 
get out of that director, that same man become a cleaner in the same office, that authority does not arise. So the authority that you carry is because of the office that you occupy. Isn't it? But you are sons of God. Children of the Most High. Isn't it? So when you sit as a child of God, that gives rise to authority. Look at the book of Luke 10. Let's read from verse 17, really. Verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even demons submit to us in your name. And then 18 says, He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Why would Jesus respond like that? He said, These guys came back and said, Even demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus didn't apply, reply about demons, but he said, Satan, I saw Satan fall. Because Satan is the head of all demons. He is the commander of demonic realm. And so Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And then he says, I have given you authority, verse 19, to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy and nothing will harm you. And the King James Version said, nothing by any means, nothing by any means will do what? Say what? Nothing by any means will harm me. Hey, listen to me. When I die, nobody should say Satan killed the apostle. Impossible. No child of God can be killed by the devil. He has no authority, no power to kill a Christian. No power. When we die, we die. That's the reason why I'm telling you. The, what you must address, one of the things you must address in this meeting is that, am I truly a Christian? And if you are not, don't leave this place without it. It's more than American Express card. Hallelujah. I may die in car crash. That car crash is just a vehicle for me to go. Nothing to do with the devil. I may die by gun. Gun is just a vehicle for me to go. I may die by beating to death. My predecessors, some were beheaded. Alright? Some were thrown into boiling oil and their body refused to fry. He's the only one that did not die by, you know, man. John, the revelation. All others. Some were nailed to the cross upside down. Am I talking to you? He said, I cannot die the way my Lord died. So turn the cross upside down and they nailed them. Some were sword. So until they cut them into two. Alive. It's not sword that killed them. It is the Lord that took them. Because if it is the weapon of man, when John was put in boiling oil, it will have fried. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego enter fire, they will have burnt. When Daniel was thrown in lion's den, he would have been eaten up. We don't die. We change clothes. The age we change it does not matter. 
as long as it met us in Christ. <laughs> oh my Lord. If you are a Christian, you are afraid of death, accept Jesus today. Let me tell you a little bit about my friend. You know, heaven is so beautiful. I was telling them a new cross. Heaven is so beautiful. You know, the flowers in heaven and the leaves in heaven are so pure that when it's time for worship, they also sing. They join in worship. I imagine just in the garden and suddenly, all hear the Lamb enthroned on high. His name shall be about to cry. He reigns victorious, forever glorious. His name is Jesus. He is. And there are palm trees singing. Hibiscus flower singing in parts, and the purple tree singing in a melody that you have never seen. You see all these flowers worshiping the one who lives forever and ever. That is heaven for you. Excuse me. Let me tell you something I saw in heaven. The Lord took me some time ago into the company of saints, and when they came. In that encounter, that journey, I was taken to where Father Abraham was presiding in the worship with other angels, and they were waiting for me. The world will hear the trumpet blast. Not of rapture, but of revival. Of ingathering. The feast of ingathering must happen first when God will gather his elect to salvation. Those who have been locked up in Satanism, they will look for Jesus Christ. Forget about Islam. They will drop their Islam and run for Jesus. It's coming very shortly. You will be part of it. I saw human beings. Then I knew that. You know, when we get to heaven... You know, Apostle Williams is now looking like an old man, isn't it? Isn't it? Why are you looking at me like that? Is this one, did I go to saloon to put some flakes of snow on my head? Where is the saloon that did it for me? Color my head? Excuse me. Those of you who have been with me when my head was like Pastor Ben's head... I had afro, really. The whole of my head is full of afro. And black and shining like Pastor Ben. Before your eyes, my hair began to encroach, encroach, encroach. Why didn't you stop it? I thought you loved me. You still love me, isn't it? And then some flakes of white hair here. I saw myself on television long ago. Only here has some white hair. And then it went like this, it went like this, it went like this, it went... And the desert was encroaching. And you couldn't stop it for me. I wish you could stop it. And now, something is happening. I can see some white hair on my body. Where is it come from, really? You should stop it. Hello. And I looked at the mirror. I saw that my face that was robust and looked so tender. When Mommy Omar first met me about 50 years ago. But... That face now looks good. Isn't it? And I began to sing, Abide with me 
fast powder even time. And some of you, the powder you put on your faces now, they are not the kind of powder you used to do when you were a virgin, you know. Because now if you put the virgin powder, it will fall somewhere. Isn't it? My God, you who were a sprinter before, we are now praying that God should let you stand up good. When he stands, say, rise up church. My God. <laughs> Something fell out of your hand and you want to bend to take it and say, you better like jump to my hand. <laughs> Who is there for me? <sighs> but when you get to heaven, do you know how it is? Everybody has the same height. So those of you who are tall, tall for this world. Because when you get there, no tall man. All of us have the same height. Not only that, if you are so big-bellied here, don't worry. In a short time, the belly will be done away with. When you exit your body, the man that carried that body is as trim as ever. No wrinkle. So perfect. More than a virgin you are. Once you get there. You know, of course there's no pain because you don't have the body that pains anymore. The body's gone. Your, your, your physical features still look like that, but perfect. That's why you can recognize the people who are there. You call me the name on, on earth, but I have a new name that I will tell you, and that's the name I bear in heaven. You see, everything is perfect. You may, die, you, may, you may die with your leg amputated, but the moment you leave that amputation body, you see that you have two legs. You were not really amputated. It was the body that was caught, not your leg. That's what it is in heaven. Heaven is so beautiful. Heaven is so gorgeous. Heaven is so excellent. The balance can never be expressed by human adjective. I mean, I, I wish I can have a human word to express what my heaven is. This is where Jesus prepared for you and I. And you know, the time we spend on earth is so short. Even if we are 90 years old. Compared with the eternity that we will spend in good health. No, there is no sickness. So I can't say good health. <laughs> we'll be like Him. Heaven is beautiful. Everything in heaven leaves. No dead leaves. Not, no, no, no gardener. There is no dead things. There are young ones there. There are babies. There are youths. There are old people. People who died in their youth, died in their age and stuff like that. But we all look before the Lord. Do you want to get there? Come on, you will get there. Whatever devil set up in your life to destroy you, I rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You will not go to hell. If you hear my voice on earth, you will not go to hell. You will serve Jesus. Satan will not have hold on you. In a short time, we will soon leave. All of us, either one after the other, or the trumpet will blast. And those of us who hear this voice and do it, transformed, and we shall be with the Lord forever. Now, I'm talking about anointing. You know why I said this? 
Anointing therefore, before I give you the scripture, authority, authority therefore, I, I define to you an anointing is the enablement of God's uh, enablement from God to manifest power. I told you power is enablement to exercise authority. Yes? So it's authority that I'm talking about. Now let me tell you the two things about authority that I picked up. One, authority arises by virtue of your position. And that's what took us to all this talk about heaven. Amen? Second thing is that when acting in your authority as children of God, you are acting as God's agent on earth. Know this for yourself. If I'm acting as a child of God, I'm acting as an agent of heaven. Isn't it? It seems as you just start preaching this, I will, I will teach you when I come back. God's willing. He says, And as God's agent, by your authority, you can bind God in contractual relationship with a third party. As God's agent. That's why you will tell God that a tragedy is going to happen to somebody say, Father, in the name of Jesus, stop it. And God will stop it. God will block that tragedy. Not because of that person, but because of you, his agent. You are buying God in contract a relationship with the hidden. A hidden that is sick, you pray for him to be healed. God will heal him because you are God's agent. Your word binds God to heal that person, the third party. A contract has been formed between you and the third party. The contract is that you will be healed and God will do it. Am I talking to you now? See yourself in that capacity. Okay? Stop thinking about something different. Because that is not true. What is true is this. From the day you give your life to Jesus, I've talked about working with the Lord, but I'm talking about your right in God now. As many who believe Him, who believe in His name, God gave them power to be called sons of God. Are we together? So, if you are sure you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is who you are. The other one I'm talking to you is about operating with the Holy Spirit so that you can enjoy benefits of the Holy Spirit. For everyone that is accepted Jesus, you are born again. And you have this authority to bind God in contract with a third party because you spoke. God would do it because you said so. Yes? Look at the book of John, very quickly, 14, 12. Permit me today to just, I've gone a little bit over my time. Shall we read it together, please? Are you reading from the back there? Can you see the, the front? So if I'm talking about you too, please, I want everyone to read together. Shall we together now? Yes. Uh huh. Can you see the weight of the authority you have? 
But now let me, you read the next verse, and that will blow your mind up. Let's look at the next verse. Come on now. Excuse me, who will ask? Who will ask? In whose name? And who will do it? Jesus will do it. So he will bind, he bound himself. You will bind Jesus in contract with a third party because you ask in the name of Jesus. That person may not believe in Jesus. He may be a thief, he may be a witch, he may be a wizard, he may be a satanist, he may be anything. But you said, lose him, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Jesus will lose him. Jesus will lose him. It doesn't matter who that person is. What matters is your own sitting. You sit in your office as a child of God. Am I talking to you now? This is an open chair. But you agree with me, therefore, that's why your mouth must not be silent day and night. Pray! You don't, Juju, you don't know the house, the way to Juju. Even to Jew. Not to talk about Jew. You don't know where way to it. When you talk of Juju, you say Juju. That's <laughs> right, those of you who are born in England, raised in England, you thought that a juju is Haiti. No, it's not Haiti, it's in England. Glastonbury, they have juju. They have it in Brighton, juju, they call it juju. Yeah, yeah, the English, they call it juju. You go to their shop, they tell you, do you want juju? Yeah? <laughs> Hallelujah. So if you are not, if you don't know about juju, then you should know about God, God. You should know about Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know Juju. I'm so sorry for you. You are just um, I, um, like um, the monkeys they use for experiments. They were on the news this week. They use monkey for experiments. No, be so, doctor. Uh huh. So when Satan wants to do experiment, he looks for those who are not Juju and not Jesus. Mm. Take that. And sometimes when he cannot get, well, he took the one who is for Juju. That's where you belong to me. I will use it for experiment. But if he, were, if he raised his hand and to somebody who believes in Jesus, as he used his hand like this, his air will catch. Because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> You just catch air. Hallelujah, somebody. So, you see yourself from today as God's agent. God's agent. Time is not good. Now, the closing sequence is this scripture. And you take that scripture home. And when I come back again, we're going to look more into the scriptures you know Acts 10 38 says how God anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost and power I want to talk about you look at 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21 and 22 shall we read it together please stop Read that scripture for you. Shall we again? Now it is God.
He anointed who? Who did he anoint? Who anointed you? God anointed you. At the context of the word. So all those who tell you that, if you know what this anointing cost me, they have the devil. Because only anointing of devil people pay for. Any minister who says in the world that, do you know what this anointing cost me? He just possessed of Satan. Have you heard that in the mouth of any of the apostles? Because they are possessed by Holy Spirit. But when people say something different, they are possessed by the devil. They were just spoke in their mouth. Anointing costs you. It's a lie. Cost who? Someone paid the price. His blood is righteous. Others, he paid for his brothers so that his brother will pay nothing but faith in the name. You are anointed. Don't let anyone tell you are not. Anything you see God do through me, through anybody in the world, God can do through you. Because as God anointed Jesus, God anointed you and you and you and you and you and you and you. Don't die without using your anointing. Some of you don't understand. You carry your anointed head to a person that is not anointed. But because Satan is using him for something, and you, you don't know you carry anointing, you go to him to now, help, help me, help me. Those of them who are really called, they will look at you, ah, this guy is really anointed of God. I wish his eyes can open. But because he's now a, a naive person, let me milk him. So they will give you charges. If prophecy you are looking for, ah, you must sow a seed for the prophecy. Oh, it's healing. You know, you must sow a seed for the healing. Hmm? Nothing goes for nothing. They will conduct seminar and teach you six times in a day. And for every seminar, they collect an offering. Can you, you think about it? Is it sensible? Is it sensible? They do it. Plenty of them. They have no anointing from God. I look through the scriptures. I've never seen Jesus do those things. I never saw Paul do those. He doesn't even have time for those things. He's gone. Listen to me. You are anointed by God. I leave you with this today. Go about saying, God anointed me. God anointed me until you see my face again. And if you see my face and I've gone to heaven, you must say it all your life. Am I talking to you? God, look, when I look at you, 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 are, you are so much of God, but you don't know it. You don't know it. God anointed you. Look at the next verse to it. And we stand up together, please. Why would it be second verse? You see, that's what I was saying. Some of you have stood up. Others, you have, we are thanking God as we are standing there. Father, Lord, we thank you. Anyway, we got there. Anyway, all of us got there. <laughs> now, I think it's better we read the two together and then we understand. Put the two together for us on the, on the, on the, on the board. Shall we read it now? Now, it is God who makes both us and you, uh-huh, me, set his seal of ownership on me, and put his spirit in my heart as a deposit guaranteeing rapture. As 
as a deposit guaranteeing rapture. <laughs> Things to come. Hallelujah. We will transform one day. We will drop this body one day. Heavens will open unto us one day. We will fly to our home in heaven one day. This world shall perish by fire one day. A new world will be created by God one day. A new heaven shall be set by the Lord Most High. And the paradise of God shall be the abode of the righteous one day. Somebody say amen to that. Say after me. God anointed me. God has sealed me. With his Holy Spirit. In my heart. Guarantee my rapture. When the angels shall blow the trumpets. I shall hear the voice of the Lord. If I was dead I will resurrect. Even my life I shall be transformed. In a twinkle of an eye. And I shall make Jesus up there. Hallelujah somebody. That is what we are. That is what we are. That is what we are. Can I just get, just get me some, some mistral. Follow me by the spirit man. That's not my voice. Yes. 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 Can you put my music on the board there? They send it to you. Remain where you are, choir. I want to just start thanking God because God anointed you. Start thanking God because God anointed you. Pastor Fumi, can you send it to them there? I seem they don't understand what I'm saying. No, that's not. He put me the English. The Lord told me this morning, the, the strive is over. The strive is over. The strive of your life is over. Somebody has fought the battle on your behalf. He has won the battle on your behalf. It's your time to manifest. Hey, you don't know it. Stop. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. 
celebration has come. The time of your victory is sung. You go in the power of the Lord and manifest the power of the Most High. The days of veil is over. The days of blessing has come. The days of power has come. The days of manifestation has come. The days of glory has come. Somebody plug in and say amen. Somebody understand and say amen. Somebody understand and say amen. The prophetic spirit of God rests upon this house. Yes, the song of victory rests upon this house. Yes, yes. Sight be given to everyone under my voice. Insight be given to everyone under my voice. As you go in this new week, the Lord will go before you. The Holy Spirit will lead you to where God has prepared. The anointing that you receive begin to work for you. I say it shall work for you. I say it shall work. You will not miss your destiny in the name of Jesus. Satan will not waste your time in the name of Jesus. You will mount on wing like eagle. You will soar to the very heart of the Father in the mighty name of Jesus. A new season had been written by God. Put your hands together for the living God. Hallelujah forevermore. Let me say this to you. Continue to chant this. God anointed me. God sealed me. God put his Holy Spirit in my heart. Guaranteeing my inheritance until rapture. Rapture is coming. And when it comes, you will be partaker. Let me tell you, on the day of rapture, the captain will be driving his plane and being told the bearing to, to follow. And suddenly the captain will disappear. And I wonder what will happen to those who remain in that plane. The man on control tower will disappear. You see the chaos that they saw just because computer had a problem a few days ago in Heathrow. You will see calamity in the globe. Those who remain. You will see the, the, the control tower had been emptied. Crashes in the air of planes. You will see accident on the motorway. The one driving the, the trailer has just disappeared by the trumpet blast of the angel. And you will see accident all over the whole place. There have been so much terrible time and terrible days. Manifestation of evil that mortal man had not seen. That day, no nation will be able to console another nation because the saints of God have left the face of the earth. Come on, let 
me say something to you. You must agree with me that nothing under heaven will hinder you from that encounter. Because those who remain will come to Tabernacle, they will not find apostles there. And I'm sure they will not find you there. This is a time to understand. I will teach you about the dreadful day of the Lord. Because you know we started the Holy Ghost Convention by recognizing from the prophecy of Joel that God sent the Holy Spirit because of his dreadful day that is coming. You remember? You remember? How many of you? So, let's read it again. Joel 2, because of those who did not, who were not there, remember. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And, all, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour my spirit of flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Then what will happen next? And also on my male servant and my male servant, that is my, also on men and women, give me NIV. I don't know who is in that place, but be in spirit. Even on my servants, both men and women, that's what he says. I will what? Pour out my spirit in those days. And what will happen? I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire. Did you not hear about the earthquakes? And billows of smoke. He's talking about earthquakes. Then the next verse says, The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day. That's why God is sending the Holy Spirit. To redeem men, mortal men, from the calamity that is coming. Bow your heads, please. I want to give some opportunity to accept Jesus into their hearts. If you are here today and you know that if you die now, you cannot enter heaven. If salvation is strange to you, maybe you are here for the first time. Or fear grip your soul as I was speaking. You can do yourself a favor today and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Put your hand on your chest and say this after me, if that is you. You want to accept Jesus, you have never done that before. Say after me, passionately, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for me. I am a sinner. And I cannot help myself. I ask you, Jesus. Forgive me all my sins. I surrender my life, my heart to you. I invite you, Jesus, into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Father, thank you for all these people. In Jesus' holy name. I can't hear your amen. Amen. 
if you are reading that prayer for the first time in your life, or maybe you are dedicating your life to Jesus, I want to tell you this. Get the Bible and start to read by yourself. Read from the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are some things there you may not understand. Just read it as a storybook. So that you are looking for that man Jesus. What he stands for. What he taught. What he instructed. And you want to start to do that from this time. You are very welcome to the kingdom of God. Put your hands together for that. Amen.